Hello and welcome to the Lock-In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. I'm the morning advertisers, Ed Beddington, and with me as ever are my two favourite co-hosts, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. This week's episode is going to see us focusing on technology and the digital pub life. James is not so great when it comes to technology. The other day he tried to reset his passwords to Stew, but sadly it wasn't strong enough. Oh my god. If you identify as a shit podcast <laughs> podcast host today. I'm trying to. Ah, but be careful because is that a shit podcast or a shit podcast host? Just saying. I think I'm, both. I'm not gonna get into the debate on it. Anyway, he's that's probably the worst you've ever come up with. It's oh, not, just just it's because, not oh, I'm trying to move past it. Let's move on. Just ignore, Let's just ignore it. May's it's not happened. Time, May's not a time to be opening crackers. <laughs> Heath, meanwhile, is far more tech-savvy, is up to speed with all the social apps. Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Tinder, Grindr. Scruffs. Oh, my God. Oh, didn't know about Scruffs. What's that one? Yeah, it's for non-good... It's not for good... Look. It's basically guys that aren't that good-looking, like on, t- on uh, Grindr. It's funny that James knew it, then. Bit, bit good-looking, and on Scruffs, they're just a bit more rough around the edges. Like, like you, like James. It's all the app on your phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, gents, welcome. Um, so now, considering the three of us are relatively digitally challenged, in his case, we're not referring to his web toes, we've got some great guests joining us for this episode. We'll be debating the value of technology in pubs with two operators, Jonathan Carter-Morris and Christopher Parkin, who take a very different approach to each other. We'll be discussing the value of ordering apps with the unruly pigs, Brendan Panfield and order pays Ed Bonnet. Booking system, this is another topic we'll be tackling with Danilo Mangano of Seven Rooms, and we'll be taking a look into the future of tech and pubs with Zonal's Olivia Fitzgerald. But before all that, let's have the usual chat. What's been going on this week, guys? Not much. Went to deal at the so weekend. I a conversation with my kids. Yeah, I went to Not deal. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I went to deal at you the weekend. Deal? Okay. Kent. Yeah. yeah. How was it? Yeah, it's a cute little seaside town. It's not like Brighton. Brighton gets a bit like... Just a bit leery, Punchy. doesn't it? Yeah, it's just a bit. Uh, Next angry. MA leaders is in Brighton. So is it really uh, great? We'll be welcome there. Yeah, yeah, oh. After that comment. Yeah, well. Just make him wear a sign. So, uh, any reason for deal? Were you visiting? Oh, I got a mate who's got a um, in the trade who's got a. Uh, he's in, he sells spirits and stuff. He's got a house out there for the weekend house. So we went down there and. I've fallen asleep already. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I got stranded down there. So, no, nothing exciting. Then I worked yesterday, which was a highlight of my weekend. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, yes, we, we did appreciate your uh, your texting on a Sunday, uh, your joy of your customers. I was going to read them out. In fact, I'll see if I can find some. No, they're pretty out. abusive. I mean, we did discover that um, you swear a lot. I didn't realize I swore this much. Well, I think there were at least 16 uses of the C word. <laughs> Uh, 189 uh, of the F word. Really? Seriously? Um, in all those texts? Pretty much. That's unbelievable. Much. Katie uh, said to me, we were driving the other day, Katie had my phone, I said, Daddy, he swears a lot, doesn't he? The messages are going through. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I switch it off when I'm in the car with the kids. But I didn't realise I swear them. Like, yeah, honestly, it's, it's when you when you typed up all my text messages I send, I was reading it. The first I, was 2, quite, I love the fact that your phone doesn't even autocorrect now, it goes straight for it. Yeah, bang, they, bang, yeah no, bang, no, there's bang, no, there's no, like, they learn. It, there's no ducking in my it's because phone. It's no, they learn the language, don't they? So basically, it's automatic whenever he puts the F. No duck just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I've tried to rein it in a bit and realise that I do swear a lot. So I'm really trying to turn over a 
you leave and not Bollocks. swear so much. Mm. Seriously. Really? I oh, just, really? Yeah, well, not yeah, kind of, you know what I mean? Gentrifying yourself. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not going to go all posh or anything. I mean, well, let's be honest, though. Well, the bigger problem, though, was the general rage at having to deal with customers on a Sunday. Like man, seriously, man. Like, you know, you spin, you can be there, and you, you've, you've rung, someone's rung up, and you've done this whole negotiation with you to get a table, and you, okay, I can do that, and I'll move those tables around, I'll do that, and I'll do that. So you're four people at 2.30. Yep, 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 four people. Great. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Oh, um, two high chairs as well? What the fuck did you mean? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last long, did it? But seriously, like, you know, and they, they act like, well, they'll turn up with just like, oh, I know we said five or actually eight. You know what I mean? Just, there's, a, there's a constant lack of, like, courtesy or respect for what we do. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, oh, we're bringing a big dog. Do you have to? Do you have to bring one that's that big? Why? What, what, what are we gaining from this? We're a small pub. Uh, with a big dog on the flip side in uh, in Sussex um, oh yeah people were just Lovely. lacing daisies in each other's hair and all the time yeah. <laughs> no much the same actually there was a little bit of that there's a bit of Highgate in Sussex this weekend excellent always mm. good but always that's what good. kills me where do they go like I, like I went I go out quite a bit where do you go but you're complaining about prices where do you go like if you're going to go to Witherspoon's of course we're expensive but you just, I just, you know, I mean, I think, I think people just don't really care anymore about any. They've got no respect for anybody. They just, they want to look after themselves. It's all really sort of, you know, very selfish. And you know, and we're, in hospitality, we're just getting, we're the whipping boy. You I know think what the I mean? problem is you've got it both sides as well, haven't you? Because you've got that sort of attitude where customers could do with being retrained, but at the same time, you're not getting any love back from the government or you know this. You know, looking at I always said last week or the week before about Ireland getting their benefit. You know. Not worry about Carrie Lake. Uh, Listen, labeling, we, yeah. we know the government do not. Listen, the government's got no respect for the people of this country and no. what they've been up to. I mean, you might and as well just got... hand it to him. Uh... Yeah, but just give him the hat. What hat? Tim Ford hat. Uh, no, but they, seriously, they don't. They, never, they, don't, they, don't, care. they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't respect. They don't respect our industry. They've got no time for us. They gave us all these things, and now we're just getting hit hard. Like it's just there's no. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with you on any of that, frankly. No. Um, what did you send this morning, Heath? Did you not send that thing about Boris Johnson in court? What's that? Which one? It was the one about uh, someone representing Boris Johnson. The fact that he had a balaclava and a shotgun, but he didn't realise he was going to a robbery. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Boris Johnson, um, and we are focusing on digital in, in this episode of the podcast, so it was yeah. interesting to see that um, one, of, uh, one of the things that uh, UK hospitality has highlighted as part of the... Um, uh, hospitality playing a role in the government's levelling up uh, uh, scheme, initiative, yeah, yeah. PR, puffery, bullshit, Shit, yeah. whatever you want to call it, um, that pubs play and couldn't play in the portal through digital connectivity, allowing uh, customers access to high-speed data. So, are you uh, all, what, all you bring your kid, You could bring your kids here to teach them their homework? Possibly. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what that... But I guess it's part of being connected to society, isn't it? Oh, and having... Uh, like, like, stop bugging about with that. Get us a decent uh, break on that and... Uh, how many... How many, how many pubs don't have Wi-Fi now? I mean, these, I know yeah. there's the argument, and we, um, we will be having this later. Well, we're talking, what are they saying? Yeah. They're giving us warnings that six million homes are going to be without power this winter. Well, so we won't have Wi-Fi. We'll have Wi-Fi. Oh, no, we won't have Wi-Fi. There's no, no that's, power. That's called levelling up. It's, yeah, we're just getting to the same level. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It'll come down to the pub to stay it's, warm. It's like they bang out these yeah, stories. They bang out the these stories, and we should be grateful. Oh, look, they're doing all this work, and on our behalf. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No. Come on. Okay, so uh, in the news this week, we, um, we've heard that the government is going to launch a uh, post-Brexit review next week on how and where traders can sell 
produce using imperial measurements. So, uh, Heath, you're back to uh, pounds and, uh, and ounces. And is, that, uh, is it pounds, ounces and stone? Or is it? I, 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 you're talking to me, I'm far too young for mate, this. People are just going to get confused, aren't they? They're just going to be like, you're going to get scammed, mate. You ordered it, but I don't realise how much it was. Why is there so much of it? It's a load of shit. They're just making up. They're just trying to distract us from Partygate. 15 now or something whatever are on now do you know what I mean it's, it's, it's it, I mean it is very much a, uh, it's, it's kind of playing to that nostalgia Brexit crowd kind of thing really, isn't it it's, uh, back in the good old days when you know, oh, God. We, the we decimal, the, they'll be bringing back the uh, pre-decimalisation system won't oh, they? So well, we had the crown of the uh, Queen's crown uh, on our, on our glasses and they never like, told them they couldn't do that though. the thing is right it's exactly that it's like it's like we're going to have a review, which means you don't have to do anything yeah, or make a real difference. It. It's the Brexiteers that are constantly looking for positivity from what is a shit show. Well, give give me some positivity, because the there's nothing, the is there? The same way if you look at it, that whole thing about getting extra vaccines was nonsense. We've got next, regardless of where we've got the vaccines. It's just absolute nonsense. It's like... I, I, it's just scratching around. Typical. But there's other things to go. Do we really want to talk about... Doesn't want to talk about spending time talking about parties is a waste of time. Here's another waste of time. <laughs> Get on talking about fuel crisis, talking about prices. I mean, you know, do you expect us to go to the bar and ask for a, you know, 568 mil of Fosters? It's a pint of Foster half, but just get on with it. Just get on with it. I'm so bored of this oh, stuff. It just, it's just smoking mirrors, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? They're White noise. Yeah. Uh, Oatman Inns uh, had a, a nice little bit of PR uh, with the Archers. What now? You see that? Oh, God. What now? They, they offered uh, all the staff of Grey Gables uh, a job. Uh, oh, the give hotel it a closed down. So. Give it a rest. What is it? Celebrate another was great that? trading performance? No, no, no. This no was, one reading the room. Was, this was a, a nice. <laughs> this was a. This was a nice piece to highlight the challenges the industry is facing. Really? Oh, yes. We, listen, we all know we can highlight them as much as we like. We all know that we're challenged. We all know we're facing challenges. Highlight the government. Just look and just go. Yeah, whatever. I mean, think of your staff challenges, Heath. Mm. You, uh, you've, um, how, how is that looking in your kitchen at the moment? You, uh, it's quite funny, actually. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're complaining all the time, yeah? You're the most However, overstaffed? Oh, actually, I don't know, oh, actually, I don't know what to say. This guy came in on Friday, and he's like, hi, I'm looking for some work. And he was like, this lanky, tall American guy. He's like six foot something, six five. Good looking, he said. Yeah, good looking, good it was, looking. It was massive. Yeah. About 5'11". <laughs> <five eleven. laughs> <laughs> He comes in, he says, I'm looking for, looking for chef work. I, I thought it was a joke. I went, what? Because I'm looking for chef work. And I said, no, I'm, I'm actually fully stuffed in my kitchen. But um, he goes, oh, really? Uh, I said, I've got front house jobs. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, I really want to work in the kitchen. So he basically talked himself into a job. I've hired him. Um, and he's really good. But I said, you can go work anywhere in the country right now and probably get a lot more money than I'm paying you. Yeah, I pay very well, but you could probably go and get... He says, no, you don't... Let's go to work with you. Yeah, I live around the corner and I really like what you guys do, so yeah. So I'm probably the only pub in the country that's actually overstaffed in the kitchen. So, yeah. Which was really dear you hate, to hate me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was with a chef on trial yesterday who asked what the white stuff people were having with their roast beef. <laughs> and how do you spell you? All of these things. All of these things. Amazing. Uh, Hmm. Amazing. An Amazon warehouse waiting for him somewhere. <laughs> In the sky. <laughs> Honestly. Well, I think uh, on that note, before you two uh, get any more, uh, uh, me into any more trouble, I think we'll leave that there. Yeah. 
you're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we're talking all things digital. Pubs and tech have a somewhat uneasy relationship with socialising being more and more embraced by the digital world. Pubs' more analogue approach is rapidly standing out. So are pubs doing enough to step up digitally? We've got two guests joining us now from opposite ends of the spectrum. We've got Jonathan Carter-Morris, co-founder of pub group Caviar and Chips, uh, who fully embraces the digital and technical opportunities for his business. While at the other end of the scale, we've got Christopher Parkin from the Stag Inn in Hinton, who cheerfully admits not even having a website, or certainly one that he uh, will admit to. Um, guys, welcome. Thank you for for joining us um, no I mean, we were delighted that Jonathan was a little bit late because he had technical difficulties which is always good when you've got him as the technical expert and uh, Christopher who's uh, anti-tech was actually bang on time and uh, and without a hitch so well, that's six o'clock this morning waiting <laughs> <laughs> excellent always good to be keen always good to be keen so i mean john let, let's just start with you you know what how how do you see sort of technology and pubs how do they sit together why why are you sort of quite keen on this well i think like fundamentally they can make life easier um and be beneficial to guests and beneficial for the team um what we're not about is um, using tech or IT or stuff just for the sake of it or because it's a bit of a gimmick. Um, we use a lot of different things for a technological um, aspect, um, but only ones that really help in our um, experience with that guest experience, um, guest experience in the pub itself, um, and to help with our team and how we run our business. Mm. Um, so we don't want tech to get in the way, but I think it should be as seamless an integration as it possibly can be. So it's got to run in the background, uh, not not sort of be intrusive then? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think like fundamentally, pubs, bars, restaurants, um, anything hospitality is about um, people and relationships and um, that sense of community. And, you know, we want people to come together and sit in a pub and, you know, put the world to rights and sit at the end of the bar. We don't want them on their phones uh, 24-7. But, you know, if technology can help people get to the pub, um, help them have a better experience and know what's going on um, and help our team deliver a better service, then we're all for that, really. Mm. Uh, and Christopher, you're, you're, you're old school. You, you don't have any of this. You don't want any of this. Tell, tell us, uh, what, what's, what's your thoughts on it? It's not so much that I don't want it, or you know, it's when you get into the pub setup. Or let's just go to what you said about picking a pub. You know, half the fun you see everyone does this. They immediately get their phones out and they start. Well, where are we going to go? You know, uh, well, let's how many stars have we got on Facebook? What, 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 what does their TripAdvisor account say? You know, what's who said this? Who said? Just walk in the door. Just walk in the door. Stick your hand out and say hello, mate. How's it going? You know, and within five or ten minutes, you'll decide whether you're going to stay there or not. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're working you're on holiday, you walk into a pub and you go, okay, I quite like the vibe, but you know, should we have something to eat? This is what the wife and I do. You know, that, 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 that the whole thing, I think, it takes the fun out of going out. And sometimes going somewhere and having a bad experience can be as much fun as going somewhere and it being brilliant because somebody else has told you how wonderful they're, they're whatever it may be, you know, the Cod Mornay or this is out of this world, you know, and you've got to look at all this sort of stuff. And I laugh in the face of it because I think it, it, it is about knowing people and I think what we're doing now is through tech but we're having a, a discussion and a chat and you'll disagree with me or maybe agree and things will go on and at the end of it 
you know, we might all be a bit wiser. You know, perhaps I might even embrace a bit of technology. You never know. You never know. No, you never know. <laughs> I think, I mean, Heath, you, 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 uh, you like the idea of having a bad experience in pubs. You're, you're all up for that, aren't you? So. I don't, I don't, but that's the thing, though. You know what I mean? If you're going to go and spend your money, you want to do a bit of research and have a, have a look and make sure you're not, you know what I mean? You just... I want to know what I'm going to get. I want to look at a menu. Yeah. I want to. I want to have an idea. In the old days, I suppose that was word of mouth, and people recommend stuff. Yeah. But if you go to somewhere you've never been before, it's it's good to have a quick look. And you know what I mean. I just yeah. and, and, and want to know if you can get a table. You can always walk into the bar and have a look at what everybody else is drinking, and you can always say to the guy, you know, what do you smell most of, and you can always say what's good to eat here, and you can always talk to people. Yeah, but that's if you can get it. Like a lot of places these days, especially with like staffing issues, you know, you're going to struggle getting, yeah, a, t- yeah, getting yeah. a table. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'd like to have a look at the menu. I, I always find, I always, I always find, you, I can't just walk in somewhere and then walk out. You feel like you've got to stay. So you yeah, know, I've had great experience. I had a really great experience in the pub in Dorset, and I walked in. And it was a classic, you know, you couldn't see in, windows all covered, you know, not a clue. So they walked in, uh, the place smelled less than fresh, shall we say. So they've, the three people in the pub turned around and stared at me, at which point I'm committed then, I can't escape. It, it would be a, a complete loss of face. Get my beer, sit down at a table, realise there's the dog food on the table. <laughs> I, I hope it was dog food. It could have been yeah, human, yeah. I don't know. And then you just think, right, how quickly can I drink this beer? Did you have a pint? I had a, a, a three-course meal. And, did you have a, uh, yeah, you have a pint? Yeah. <laughs> and you still talk about it now, though. You still yes. remember it. <laughs> well, he might still talk about it. I'm not sure he'd go back. No, there, there is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ed, Ed, I think you're cooking. You finished that, didn't you? <laughs> well, it was, wasn't going to go to waste my on the wife, table, was it? So. My wife jumped out of a taxi in the middle of Paris once and jumped out. And she's here now and she'll back me up on this and walked straight into a brothel and ordered a beer. And I couldn't stop her. She was in before I could stop her. And then, yeah, yeah we, went in, we went in. Has she got a sister? Where, where, where was that again? <laughs> well, yeah. Where, where was this brothel? He's asking for a friend. The, the, madame, the madame just laughed and, and saw the funny side of it all. And Michaela was going, well, what's going on in here then? I said, well, have a look around. What, what, what do you think it is? You know? And they said, if you, they said if you welcome back to you. on Google Maps and looked yeah. on TripAdvisor, you'd have that would have been avoided, <laughs> wouldn't it? She would have talked rubbish French to the taxi driver. To <laughs> It's, it's, it, is, it is when they say, well, welcome back, Mr. Uh, Parker. So, <laughs> the then, then kicking trouble. me now under the table. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, well, coming, coming back to the, to the discussion, I mean, you, you, you said, uh, Christopher, beforehand, you were sort of saying you don't even let customers or you discourage people from Googling in the pub and being on their phones. Oh, yeah, yeah, it kills, it kills the discussion. It kills mm. the discussion. If got, I mean, there was an argument Friday night about how you spell the word doily. And there was ten people involved, and there was eight different spellings. You know, and it, well, there you are. You know, and my thirteen-year-old son was correct. You know, just to put he wasn't serving behind the bar, obviously. He was googling it, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. You know, it, it, it's good to talk. It's good to go somewhere where you're going to be around people. And I get, and I get what you're saying. You know, you, you want the experience to be as smooth as it can be for people. Um, and, and, and I'm all for that. And I'm also all for whatever works. Mm. You know, but, but I'm, I'm happier. You know, I've been in my pub 22 years, and I've been the licensee for 22 years. And I work. I, I run the kitchen, and I love nothing more than getting out and standing behind my bar and talking to my friends. You know, they are my customers, are my friends, and I enjoy it. I enjoy the banter. I enjoy being being part of all of that. And like I say, we say no googling because it just at the moment someone googles it, it's like oh, you know, 
whatever it may be, someone dies and it's always, well, how old was he? You know, well, hang on a minute, you know, let's try and work it out, you know. So it's fun. It's yeah, just, I get that. I get that. I mean, there's the, the, the Sam Smith's approach, which is yeah. uh, uh, completely no screens. Uh, oh, yeah. Anything. Yeah. I mean, that, that's. Uh, you can't even swear in there, can you? You can't swear in the pubs oh, either. Yeah. You're, you're screwed on that front, Heath. Yeah. But, um, the, the, <laughs> I mean, but even even a Kindle, you couldn't. I remember being chased out of a Sam Smith's pub for reading a Kindle once. Um, but if I sat there with a book, it would have been fine. What's a Kindle? Yeah. It's uh, something you read on Heath. I know you're reading the Indian books? concept. With you. What's wrong with a book? <laughs> Well, I didn't have a book. I had a Kindle. Yeah. Bracing the text. Sam Smith. We should, have a, we should have a little episode on Sam Smith. Well, we were going to try and get them on, but the carrier pigeon didn't get there in time. Don't. So, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, Jonathan, I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, you, you, you seem to be sort of similar to Christian in the sense of that, that sort of uh, in-the-pub sort of customers on phones. Not such a great thing. Yeah. It's... It's interesting, you know, we've been pitched at adversaries in this particular debate. I, I agree with a lot of what it's been. It's a little bit like I agree with Nick. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, we have a pub quiz every week and, you know, it's, you know, a strictly no phones. You're not allowed to, like, it's, it's a test of your own mental capacity. Um, and there is something great about those sort of like old school pub debates where you've got mm. people that are a few pints in arguing points that you know are wrong and everyone yeah. can have that disagreement yeah. and there is there's like that's almost quite romantic about being mm. a pub yeah, and, yeah. I think, and I think the idea that you can just pick up a phone and get the answer to everything sort of takes that romance and that mm. conversation and that mm. debate away a little bit because then you've got a right or wrong answer um, at your mm. fingertips within you know 0.3 of a second mm. I think from, from our perspective, I think about how we use tech in order to, or use IT or, you know, the World Wide Web and TripAdvisor and OpenTable. And some of these are sort of mixed blessings, really. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I can agree or disagree with what mm. people write. Um, uh, but I, as I said at the beginning, I think it's that it's, it's getting in front of people and making sure that guest experience is as smooth as it can be. Um, and so if I go back to if I go back to my days early in hospitality when, you know, I was a waiter writing things on pads and throwing them into the kitchen or a chef like trying to decipher someone's handwriting. Well, now we've got a, a iPad that takes your order, that prints your ticket out, that tells you what time someone orders and exactly what they've had. Um, and, you know, that's surely that's a step forward in terms of that guest yeah. what they ordered you know hopefully in a sort of slightly more timely fashion and so you know there are bits like that that can be really beneficial for us um, but it's how it fits in that pub setting you know we've got Famous Virgins and Castle a pub that was built in 1563 I mean the walls and floor and cellar were there well before um, electricity let alone technology mm. so um, you know we still want to keep that ethos and ethics and, and soul of a pub alive yeah. whilst yeah. making sure that we're um, yeah. you know being as if I guess being as efficient as we can be and really. I guess yeah. I mean, for, for, for the way you're using technology then then that does free up your, your staff to focus more you know if you can be more efficient back at house and, and around the edges frees up staff to to invest more time into that guest experience then I guess and so then you can have those debates and conversations yeah. across the bar where mm. you're having a shandy and arguing about how you spell doily which yeah, yeah. is now in my head and I've got yeah. no idea <laughs> 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 how, how do you spell doily 
Google it. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Google Con- conscious Google of time, guys. We are we are pretty much out of time. But um, uh, uh, Jonathan, um, we're running out of time. If you've got a watch, yeah. Apple watch. Apple watch. The sun's at forty-eight degrees, so I know it must be nearly. So I guess uh, uh, Jonathan's approach. I mean, Christopher, have you been convinced? Uh, are you going to be rushing out and uh, investing in in all the latest kits? Or uh, no, no, right, brilliant. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll print the podcast off and send it to you. We had um, point of sale and all that type of stuff for the till for about seven or eight years, I and mean, we used to just have a draw. And I used to love the fact that people had to add up, but of course now people can't. It makes it more difficult. I used to remember multiple rounds of drinks in your head being behind the bar. You know, it's it's, it's really good for your brain. Yes, and we'll, end, we'll we'll all end up where we don't use anything if we're not careful. So um, this is true. So you about, are, about the tickets. The tickets coming out of the machine in the kitchen. As a chef, we spoke about that when the guy put the uh, our system in. He said, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put this in it. And what I'll do, these little tickets will just come out. And I said, that little black box will be smashed to pieces <laughs> within about 10 minutes. I said, if someone's going to bring me a difficult ticket, I want to see the whites of their eyes. I don't want to see it come out of a little black box. I quite like that. He said, every time you smash one of them, that's 300 quid. And I went, right, even more so, we're not having one then. It's coming out of service. <laughs> I think that's, that's potentially, I saw his light, eyes light up on that one. That's uh, yeah. going to be implemented. Brilliant. Okay, yeah. well, we are on time. I'm, I'm basically, you're a, a, an unapologetic Luddite, I think, uh, Christopher. Yeah, uh, and, that's and it. That's on me. Repentance. <laughs> Good man. Brilliant. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for that. Thanks for having me. It's been lovely. Cheers. Cheers. Thank Thanks you so much. Cheers. Well, I mean, we couldn't have done this without technology, so it's been fantastic. <laughs> 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 the last word to, to Joel. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. This is the Lock-In Podcast, and we're talking technology in this episode. Now, ordering apps are nothing new to the sector, but the pandemic accelerated their take-up as restrictions meant an end to standing at the bar. Now that we're in the new normal, however, do they remain relevant? To discuss this, I'm delighted to have podcast regular Brendan Padfield of The Unruly Pink, and from app providers Autopay, Ed Bonnet. So, guys, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. So, I mean, let, let's just start. Uh, let's start with you, Brendan. Um, you've ditched your systems. You you you, you took oh, things yeah. on, and then you've you've ripped it up and, and thrown it out. Uh, I mean, tell tell us about that. What, what's your experience? Well, my, my, my experience w- was mixed at best, but I think that's probably because I'm an old fart. <laughs> and and I and that's the end and of the podcast. There is. There is some. I, I I don't know whether this this is right, but I have a feeling this might there might be some demographical divide here. So we have we're sort of uh, you know a gastro pub and that attracts a certain type, and and a lot of our clients tend to be over 40, 50. You know, I I, I say I'm an old fart. I am an old fart. None of my friends go on Insta. They don't know how to pay by phone, etc. etc. Um, so we installed, uh, we had a takeaway system, and, and uh, that worked well for online orders. Mm. But in the height of the pandemic, particularly after the first lockdown, when everybody was uh, very nervous, we took extraordinary steps, uh, precautionary steps. And one of them was to go paperless or offer paperless and have a QR code and see the menu, etc. I, I, I would say the take-up was less than 5% who, who went online. There, there was a further reason. Um, that, that it didn't work. I can see how it would work in a pub, except in, in, in ordering drinks, etc. 
the, the other nightmare for us, and Ed's just going to say to me, that's because you used a crap system, Brendan, and if you'd used my system, it would have been fine, um, is that those that did elect to order using the QR code, we couldn't control the timing of their order. Now, that was a real nightmare for a fresh food operator because, you know, we deliberately stagger, we take six or eight every 15 minutes, and then and we can therefore control when we go to the table, etc. When we when we can have no control over when the orders came in, it just overwhelmed the kitchen, even though only a small minority were using the QR code to order. So in the end, uh, we just limited the, the the online system to takeaways, and we scrapped it uh, within the pub itself. So, I mean, you, you reacted to the situation to bring in that system. It wouldn't have been something that you would have done if you hadn't been in that place, I take no. it. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I mean, Ed, give us a bit of insight from, from your, your perspective then. You know, we, like we say, we saw guys like Brendan and, and Pumps Up Down the Country having to look at systems and bring systems in. Post-pandemic, what's that looking like? Are we seeing, are we seeing people sort of rowing back from that or, uh, or, or is it still sort of steaming on ahead? Yeah, I think, um, look, I think mobile solutions and apps and all of that great stuff were here pre-pandemic. Um, certainly what happened was a, during the pandemic was a flood of solutions which hit the marketplace as such, um, which, you know, allowed for maybe some half-baked or, or to excuse the word, cowboy operations to come on board, uh, which necessarily tried to plug a, um, plug a solution that necessarily didn't help with the need. Um, so hence why, you know, as Brendan mentioned, uh, didn't have the ability to maybe be able to take a number of orders at a set number of time and have those features and functionality in play. Um, I think also what it did is it kind of highlighted hospitality. I love hospitality, been in it for many, many years, but we are quite slow at uh, adopting new tech and new, new ways of working. And I think what it did is it kind of made everyone almost force it down their folks in, in one sense that they had to do this, right? Mm. And I think it's like anything. If I tell my toddler to do something, um, as soon as I take it away or tell them to do something else, they completely go against it, right? And it's a bit like that now. Since Freedom Day, you know, there's a major drop-off in it. But I think people are beginning to realize that actually consumers want this in some sort of form. And how is it that we embrace it? So certainly to answer your, your question, Ed, after the pandemic, what are we seeing now? We're seeing people being more adapted to it, but they're looking for the right solutions and the right providers that can help enhance it. Yeah, not necessarily take it away and take away everything we love about hospitality, but enhance what they are currently doing. Mm. And if you get the right solution and the right provider in place, certainly we can do that. Um, but it's about giving choice. So people are looking from it from both angles. I mean, Heath, James, um, I mean, you're fairly Luddite-ish in, in your tendencies anyway. You don't have an app yourselves. No. Uh, but you're still doing table service in, uh, in, in the lock certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You're not really encouraging people to go to the bar. Um, wh- why no app? Um, I think the big thing for me as app is I've got some really difficult customers in Highgate. And no. Yeah, no, seriously. I know you can't find it hard. But... <laughs> They're, they're also, you never complain about it. They're, they're also a bit older, and they don't want to sit there scanning a QR code, trying to look on their phone. You know, I've got some of them turn up with magnifying glasses to read the menu, for God's sakes. Exactly. So you imagine putting this out in front of them. Then you've got the app, and then it's going through to the kitchen, and then they're going to hack. They're going to hack the menu to pieces. You know what I mean? Like they'll leave notes, whatever. I know you can control all that. I'd rather be at the table, take the order. You know what you're getting. But then also, I found about the apps. 
they all go, oh, yeah, we'll build you an app for free. You go, great, but actually we'll be managing credit card charges, so we're going to hit you with a credit card. Instead of paying mm-hmm. 1%, you're paying 5%. So then suddenly you've handed all your credit card charges over to someone else. Yeah, no, no thanks. I think it's horses for courses, though, right? Because you look at Weatherspoons. I know <laughs> they get some shit, but... Mainly yeah, from you. app's good, though. Mm. But it works in that venue. And, and you can send people stuff from in the airport and you're not there. What's the Weatherspoons? I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't really go but to those just, sort of places. Yeah, you do. Liar. Um, but it works. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it is I, I couldn't imagine putting it in uh, the pub for the food because people... Did they, did they order go through? And there'll be all these no, questions around. No. And Actually, if you've got someone interacting with it... I think one of the key things about an independent business is you have that control. interaction and that control and your staff are empowered... To, to, to you know to, to do things but they know where the line is as he said what you don't want is asking people to you know to warm the gazpacho up <laughs> because you know what happened. but I remember going I remember Hackazan last year I went for my birthday and I sat down I was like oh great can I eat and he goes oh you've got to scan like the- a conference for hackers <laughs> and you've got to scan the QR code and I don't want to sit there at dinner trying to look on my bloody phone at the menu and scroll through and look at the wine list and it's just like my wife's giving me shit how long are you going to be just give me a menu do you know what I mean? Yeah, like so I you, do this in five, I can do this. People. I can do it in two minutes if you just give me a menu. But sitting there trying to scroll through shit and go to where's the dim sum page and get over to the duck and where's the wine? Like painful. Man. Let, let's 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 Ed have a bit of comeback on this because okay. he's getting it in the neck, left, right, and centre. I mean, Ed, no, is, no, is, no. There, is there a fair is there a fair comment that maybe it's better suited to a drinks offer than a than a food offer, or or, or are we just basically a bunch of old farts who don't really know what we're talking about or doing? No, I don't, I don't, listen, I, I, I think there's, there's a couple of things. When we say app, everyone automatically thinks about downloading app. Yeah, and and mm. I think there's multiple, this is where I talk about multiple solutions to fit the right marketplace. So we work with people like Corbin and King, right? Now, you wouldn't expect necessarily someone to sit in Corbin and King and go, right, here we go. Here's a menu. I'm not going to have that, that discussion. But the solution we provide there is the age-old adage of waiting and paying for a bill. Yeah, so we do paying going only to uh, Corbin and yeah. King, right? right? So I expect a certain level when I go into certain uh, venues of a certain level of experience, shall we say, right? Um, so you're right, exactly what you're saying, gents. In some venues, it doesn't make sense to have uh, order now, pay now, which is that additional scanner QR code. I put my items into a basket, they bring it over, right? However, what we do in pay, uh, Corbin and King, for example, is the pay and go side of it where... The meal, everything's of a certain service, but that last bit where I put my hand up and go, oh, hello, can I have a bill, please? They bring it over. Would you like the card machine? Yes, please. They go off and get the card machine, bring it back over, and then there's times it's absolutely sanitized with loads of anti-back, and then they stand there awkwardly while I put my pin in, you know, and then take it away. That whole experience, A, is time costly, um, but secondly, what we do is they have a, plate, uh, a plaque on the table where we present the QR code, where I can scan it at the end of my mill and pay for my bill. So some of the stuff you were saying about there, gents, as well, is it needs to be integrated, right? So integrated into POS, which takes away a lot of a headache as well. So I think what I'm trying to say there is there's multiple solutions and multiple features to fit all standards of restaurants, and certainly we've seen an uptake with regards to uh, pubs, high-end restaurants, hotels, golf courses so again you can scan the qr code halfway and pick up your uh, pick up your your bacon sarnie and a coffee at the halfway house you know um we've seen it with regards to multiple different sectors and verticals um in the marketplace but it is about finding the right solution that is going to just enhance it and that's what i said at the beginning um and i think the problem is as people uh, will see mobile solutions as a one pony one one kind of fit all 
and it's not that you need to find the right solution and the right way of working it I mean that, that, that payment thing that is an issue isn't it because there's nothing worse than sitting there waiting for, yeah. for the bill yeah. and all the rest yeah. of it I mean Heath you just look like you've well, got a face uh, on hold on the only thing smack. I would say is you get the opportunity then you know was everything okay and there's British English people yeah yeah it's fine but you kind of if you face to face you can see that it's not fine and they, they always it. say they, they always say it's fine in this country they never tell the truth yeah but no I, well, think, I, I understand I understand <laughs> You, you I, I, still I, get that. You still get that with a QR code. So some some of the ways that we present it, and, and sorry to cut across, but some of the ways to present it is, is you know, as a blast ingots, for example. So the way to, at the end of a meal, we actually bring that blast ingot across, which allows them to actually have that conversational piece and a hospitality piece of, so how was your meal? How was everything? What are you doing for the rest of the day? Rather than disappearing back and forth. And what that does is it allows them to do what they're best at, which is a hospitality side of it, not take payments. Yeah, we're not yeah. robots to take payments. And it also, what we've seen is we've actually seen table turn uh, increase an average of eight minutes faster by doing it this way. And we have seen 12 times more tips. Yeah, so people are accepting this and actually are appreciative of it. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's just, it, it's What's about that? how you implement it. Ed, what's the what's the rough percentage uptake in Corbyn at the Wolsey? How many people are using the QR code to pay? Yeah, so I think at the moment it's around 60-65% of people use it. Okay. So it's a good uptake. It's a really good uptake because it's that simplicity, right? Um, and what we what we've brought on is we brought on some other features. So um, for example, Cafe Woosley uh, in Vista, you know it's on a, a, a retail village. And one of the things there that, that kind of struck us is that actually you can get a coffee to go. Now, if I'm about to get dragged around every single um, blinking retail shop by my, my partner um, after I've had a meal, <laughs> and actually getting a coffee to go is quite a nice idea. So when I scan a QR code in that venue, it pops up with, would you like anything else? And I have the ability to be able to add uh, another item onto my uh, bill before I disappear. Right? And then it goes and speaks to the pods and updates of a bill seamlessly within seconds and then I pay and then I can pick up my coffee on the way out um, so yeah it's quite a high uptake with regards to, to, to the amount of people doing it fantastic so that, that just goes to prove it that I am an old fart <laughs> well as well say pretty Not much uh, to, to paraphrase uh, Ed to Heath put that in your pipe and smoke it yeah, think, but, but, it's, yeah. it's, but then what are the charges like you guys are handling the payments what, yeah. what, what, yeah. what, what, sort of, what are the rates 0.99 so we charge 0.99 cents on everything, on Amex and everything, or on top of what we currently no, Amex, pay? Amex is always a bit of a dodgy one. Uh, so Amex is a, a 2.99. Um, <laughs> but again, uh, if it's standard Visa and MasterCard, then it's 0.99. But we have got something up our sleeve down the, down the line to actually counteract that as well uh, with regards to mobile banking. And is that okay, 0.9 on... I think that might be another pod. Is that 0.9 on top of what the, what the retail would pay no. as well? No, no, no. no. Okay. No, it's inclusive. Because you're not paying through your PDEQ machine, you're paying through our proposition. Yeah. That's all fees. Everything ah, okay. in. And when does okay. the money drop? Uh, next day. Plus one. Okay. I think, uh, how's that pipe uh, going there, Heath? That's all right. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, guys. Well, I'm afraid we are out of time on that one, but thank you very much for that. Some really interesting comments. Okay. Take care. Cheers, Cheers guys. You're listening to the Lock-In Podcast for myself, Ed Bennington, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. We're focusing on technology and all things digital in this episode and we're now going to take a look at booking systems and the advantages they offer pubs. I'm delighted to have Danilo Mangano, Managing Director of International with Seven Rooms. Thanks for joining us, Danilo. Hi, Ed. 
Thank you for having me. Oh, well, great to have you with us. So let's let's just start off. I mean, maybe for for those that aren't too familiar, what what is Seven Rooms? What do you do? How do you do it? Absolutely. Uh, so Seven Rooms is a fully integrated, uh, data-driven guest experience platform for the hospitality sector. Uh, and what we do, we help uh, operators connect data across the entire guest journey for a, for a customer. So starting with uh, an online ordering solution, moving into a booking and waitlist management solution, uh, table management system, and then when the guest leaves the venue, how do we help operators to uh, drive uh, repeat spends and repeat visits through a very powerful review aggregation module and, and marketing automation. Okay. And uh, Heath James, I mean, how, how does that compare to the kind of things you're doing at the moment? I suppose it's the same. I suppose the technology we're using, we're a bit, you know, I suppose, we're just talking about it. James, we've been been using Res Diary for years, and I used to use OpenTable before that. And, but what I'm seeing is with, I've looked at some of the Seven Room stuff that I know other operators have, and it seems a bit more ahead of the game than what I'm currently using. I think they've been getting left behind, and I think the technology is moving so much faster, and I just feel like, yeah, I, th- I think what sim rooms are probably you know leading the pack almost with everybody else so mm. I suppose it's like we need a review I, I mean with booking systems generally I mean with pubs that come in all, all, all shapes and sizes and, and types of operation I mean uh, would a booking system be essential to, to, to all pubs would you say Danilo? Uh, I would say so uh, because if we if we think um about what the journey for the hospitality industry has been, especially for the uh, for the restaurant and pubs industry. Uh, so it, have, uh, it might be, have been slower uh, than some other industry to uh, embrace technology uh, advance, but um, it's now more important than ever for me to uh, to pub for pubs to, to think about how technology can be used uh, to streamline their operations. Uh, but also improve the collaboration and communication between uh, team members uh, to, to ensure the customers are served uh, with the best possible experience, uh, which ultimately, of course, uh, turn uh, customer loyalty for, for a pub. Uh, and we know that uh, the industry has been, uh, of course, uh, very affected by both uh, the pandemic, by Brexit. There is a huge uh, issue with uh, staff shortage at the moment. So technology can really help uh, in that area uh, to have the, the staff at the pub um, to have more time uh, and more capacity to provide uh, that better experience that each guest deserves when they walk through the door. Yeah. Are we wrong in then think James here, are we wrong in thinking then really it's about a booking system. It's more about customer data handling and a, a bigger journey. Are we getting are we wrong in just thinking it's about putting bums on seats at certain times? Absolutely. Uh, so that comes of course with owning the data. Uh, you can only do that uh, in targeting and going after the right guests uh, that should come through the door. Uh, if you own the data. Uh, and Seven Rooms in that way helps massively because we are uh, B2B only. We are not a consumer-facing platform. We, don't, we are not a marketplace. And that means that our clients uh, are in full ownership of the data. If you are in full ownership of the data, you are ahead of the game because, uh, of course, every time that a guest uh, comes back, you can provide that more personalized experience. But we saw this also uh, before uh, the pandemic. Uh, Operators that were already owning the data uh, found themselves um, in a better place during the pandemic 
because they could leverage that guest data uh, to go after those customers, those that client base, and offer them, for example, um, online ordering capabilities for uh, pickup or deliveries. And that, as we know, during the pandemic has been uh, one of the, if not the, the only uh, revenue stream for many businesses. So. Uh, we have many pub clients or restaurant clients in the US, in the UK where um, leveraging the data they were able to uh, uh, reach out to their client base and offer them uh, the uh, unmilled packages or uh, doing marketing campaigns to tell them we are open for business for pickup and delivery. Uh, and that was really something close uh, to, to the guests' uh, heart in helping local businesses during such a difficult time. Mm. I mean, it, it's customer relationship management, isn't mm. it? And it's it's collecting that data. I mean, Heath, you you collect data on all your <laughs> customers. Um, I keep do notes. You, do you want to tell us a little bit <laughs> about that? I've got a kill list. I, I, I keep notes. Is it a kill list? I, I, yeah. yeah, I just keep notes. Of every situation, every 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 bad experience or anything. I mean, any, you any... tend to use it for keeping notes about customers you don't like. <laughs> Do you take notes to the benefit of those customers? Yeah, there's, yeah, they're definitely. Do, yeah. yeah, definitely. We have like, well, you know, we'll take people like really good regulars. We'll take them as like a VIP guest, and we'll track them, and you know what I mean. We keep notes, but yeah, like it's it's handy, you know. And then anybody when every time they book, you know, the staff who are working that night can see all the notes and what's going on. But yeah, like it, you know, remember the old days we used to write everything down. And you can never Dangerous. oh yeah well you imagine but you like a big diary you know yeah. and you lose a diary where's that gone at least all the information's exactly. held somewhere else the stuff you put in it as well that's <laughs> a uh, slight worry in that. find out what your landlord really thinks about his customers um, I mean uh, you, you mentioned kind of repeat business as well uh, Danilo I mean how, how could it help with that what, what's, what's the sort of tools uh, that, that people can use with a system like this yeah absolutely so uh uh, and again, uh, technology shouldn't shouldn't scare any, anyone here because uh, we know that it can only it can only help in terms of driving repeat business uh, through uh, owning that data and leveraging the data. Um, uh, you can really uh, create highly targeted uh, marketing campaigns. Of course, for people who uh, chose to uh, receive marketing messages from uh, from the pub in this case, uh, but it's it's really easy to. Uh, leverage the marketing automation module, for example, that we offer, uh, where you can tell the system every time that someone uh, behaves in a certain way, like, for example, a very loyal customer uh, who visits the pub three times in a month, um, you can tell the system uh, automatically send them an email just to thank them. And that makes the guest feeling special. But then, then maybe uh, you have a first-time comer. Uh, to the pub who booked for a Sunday roast uh, and you can again tell the system after the visit send out an email uh, thanking them for the uh, for, for the visit uh, and uh, maybe offering them something for their next visit uh, which could be a free drink or could be a something special on the house and that creates really that loyalty with, uh, with guests and we see uh, that uh, these are the type of campaigns that really resonates well with guests but even uh, what we call, um, in, in simple terms, a re-engagement campaign. Maybe you have people on the database uh, who haven't been visiting for uh, the last couple of months. You can tell the system again uh, in an automated way, so you don't have to need you don't need to have a person uh, sitting there in your marketing team creating these campaigns. But you can tell the system everyone who didn't visit uh, during the last two months who is on our database. 
let's send them a message, try to re-engage and tell them we miss you, we haven't seen you in a while, mm. why don't you come back, there is something special for you. So this is uh, the type of campaign that really drives the most incremental revenue for uh, our clients uh, here in the UK and globally. Uh, and it's a very simple way to leverage technology in an automated way, leveraging the guest data that you own uh, to really drive uh, additional revenue for the business. And every time that those guests come back, uh, they will uh, receive uh, a personalized experience because you have that data about them. You know what their dietary restrictions are, you know what their favorite drink is, uh, so you can really uh, create that special experience for them. Fantastic. So I guess that's that uh, that automation. I mean, guys, mm. would, would that be? I yeah, guess that, that that takes something away, doesn't it? Yeah, and, uh, it's like having a marketing okay. tool yourself, you know. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. So pra- I'm, I'm, pra- just, sorry, sorry, really, sorry. Qu- really quickly and practically, you're going to pub operators here are going to be in three categories. Either they're going to have an existing um, system they use, they're going to have a diary that they use, uh, like a hardback, you know, normal diary, or they're not going to have anything at all. My question really is about transitioning into the likes of seven rooms. How easy is it to do if you have an existing system? And how much work does it need to go into transitioning from a nothing stroke desk diary to be fully, you know, up and running? And how much yeah. costs? So, What's it going to cost them? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's start from your last question, which is always the most uh, interesting and important for any, for any operator, of course. Uh, our commercial model is very simple. Um, we charge a monthly flat fee for the platform, depending on the modules that uh, you want to leverage, because you can really pick and choose uh, from the various modules. Uh, but we um, charge a monthly flat fee. We don't charge any commission per cover, any commission per booking. Uh, so uh, the pricing is really uh, simple and really clear uh, to, to budget accordingly for any operator. Um, and then in, ca- in terms of uh, transition and, and onboarding, uh, we make that uh, as simple as possible. So we can onboard uh, a new venue or a number of new, new venues um, in, uh, within two weeks. Uh, we can do it within two days. Uh, we had some clients who decided to move to summer rooms and the previous provider uh, basically wasn't supporting the system anymore. So we had to onboard someone across 15 venues in two days. So we can be very flexible. Um, But uh, when it comes to really transitioning and transferring the data from existing systems, uh, we do it very easily from any type of system. We have a team uh, that migrates that data so that you don't lose any of the historical data, any of the future bookings. Uh, We can transfer literally any any type of data. For the operator, that might still work with pen and paper, uh, and so they have physical diaries. We ask, of course, um, to, to transfer as much as possible of that information into a list, uh, an Excel file or some type of files uh, to, to be able to transfer that data. We work with the, with the team and we really uh, uh, hold the hand of uh, new clients as much as we can to, to help them in that transition because we understand that uh, for some operators that have been working with pen and paper, that is probably the biggest change and the biggest biggest transition so we help where we can uh, but data transition data migration is something that we do very comfortably and regularly so what's, what's sort of, give us a ballpark idea of fees monthly fees so uh, we go from uh, 180 pounds per month uh, depending uh, on the, the basic modules that you want to uh, 
uh, to get and we go up to uh, the 300, 350 pounds per month if okay. you want the, the full platform. Great, thank you. I just thought I'd just give people an idea. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I'm afraid we, that is uh, us out of time, but uh, lots, of, lots of food for thought there, Dinalo, but thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Beddington, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. This episode is focusing on technology and we're now going to take a look forward at how technology and the digital world might shape the pub sector moving forward. To help us with that, I'm delighted to welcome Olivia Fitzgerald from Leading Tech Provider Zonal. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Ed. Thanks for joining us. Um, so, I mean, we've seen some pretty seismic changes um, over the last few years. Pre-pandemic, the idea of ordering apps was something a lot of operators sneered at, uh, but circumstances obviously forced everyone to reevaluate their approach to uh, to technology generally. Um, I mean, how do you see things moving forward? Do you, I mean, what's going to stick? Where where do you see things going? Um, so I think that, that certainly the world of order and pay was really accelerated by um, by the pandemic, and we're seeing a lot of brands. Depends on the surface service model a bit, but for a lot of brands, that's 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 kind of stuck. So um, some have bounced back to something more like a traditional service model, but we've seen a lot of um, anything up to sort of eighty percent ordering through apps in some in some venues. In others, they've gone straight back to straight back to sort of um, where they things were before. So I think it's it's not one size fits all. I would say. Um, other things I think that have made that that are around today, though, are more getting revenue from um, a greater range of channels. So whether you know, sort of do click and collect, takeaway, um, as well as sort of um, your actual uh, sort of you know people joining you in your venue. I think as well as things like meal kits, even you know, a, a lot more sort of more channels for for revenue building up. So I think that's an interesting one, which which looks to be around today as well. Mm, I mean, Heath and James. Good to put your phone on silent there. Yeah, Thanks, um, you you haven't really embraced technology during the pandemic. You didn't go for an app, but you have looked at takeaways and things like that. Is that you uh, did all by phone there, right? But you've yeah. you've looked at new channels and you yeah, we looked we looked at it and we, we took a view on it. A lot of it was just like it just it was just like you know we like we didn't use you know with the ordering apps and stuff like we didn't go to Deliveroo or any of those sort of people. Stayed away from all that. Kept it more personal. I think and it worked in our favour I think it did the, you know the communication the telephone calls the orders mm. we had proper conversations and we could control the flow to the kitchen and we you know we sort of knew what we were doing we just tried to but you've kept that going moving forward haven't you yeah yeah, yeah. but and it's easy to integrate if you've got a handle on it um, but we were never trying to do anything that was going to be mean it was going to be a takeaway business going forward it was always just get survive yeah you know don't erode your margin by giving 40% to a delivery company um, because you, otherwise you're just busy fools um, and it was never about that it was about returning to normal as soon as possible so for us maybe we were a bad example but I do think the technology we're close to our numbers and our loads and our you know reservations and things like that so we're certainly not just you know, completely useless no no no. I mean you've got a lot of back of back of house tech then yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you know, we know what we're doing it do you? yeah really? yeah yeah, I yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a good, a good fear right here how to run a business today. Excellent, always good, always good. So, I mean, Olivia, what, 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 what should we be thinking about moving forward? What do you think operators should be looking towards when it comes to sort of technology and, and, and new ideas and new things like that? 
I mean, I think one of the just listening to that sort of that conversation about what what could what could the technology bring that you couldn't do yourself just by just by answering the phone and, and sort of providing your usual great customer service. I think I think using your own website to, as more of a as more of a kind of sales and promotional kind of vehicle. I think um, a lot of people are giving away margin to you know sometimes if there are for example delivery partners can be pretty expensive, but it might be that your name. Perhaps, perhaps in your local area, it's your really your name that's that's what people are searching for if they want to order a takeaway or click and collect and that, that sort of thing. So I think having your availability, whether it's to book a table or whether it's to order a, a takeaway, having that live on your own website is it, it, it sort of actually. I think just the fact that people can find it there and and immediately order. A lot of people, um, it's actually their sort of preference now to order that way. So I think I think whilst. It's great to also be available on the phone to take orders straight away. You, 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 you do get there are a bunch of people, and especially you know in the younger kind of age group where it's now there. The research we've done lately shows it's their sort of preference to actually do things online rather than pick up the phone. So I think there is a, I think that's something to, to sort of bear in mind. Um, I mean, other things that what we're seeing, um, another change we've seen in the last couple of years is social is how. Um, people are kind of not only searching for where to go um, through social channels, they're also starting to um, to make bookings and place orders through social. And that, that's quite a big change because um, it used to be a bit more like it was the, I don't know, it was just where you'd kind of paint a lovely picture and it would be like your, show, your showcase and you just kind of generate interest. But I think it's now become a much more uh, um, much more important from an actual bottom line kind of revenue generation point of view. Um, probably something to be aware of is that different generations are using social in different in different ways so you know in the older age groups it's much more about um sort of facebook and um uh, facebook and twitter and um, instagram kind of spans all of the generations that's the you know the, 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 the sort of um you know 18 to 34s are using that as well but things like um snapchat um is much more uh, is, is sort of much more kind of younger the, the younger age group so so not exactly one size fits all, but it is beginning to really impact revenue a lot more. Instagram is probably, I think probably, you know, Instagram is one to really watch watch out for. And you can now, you can take bookings through Instagram now as well. So that's kind of with a, with a booking interface on, on that. So that's kind of an interesting one to watch. Is, is that, I know you're a big Instagram and TikTok user, Heath. Um, I just, you know, are you, are you know you what I... bookings on that? Yeah, no, I don't have it set up on that because it just, how many channels do you, like in some respects, man, it's like what I find annoying is, people who email a booking and you, you end up playing email tennis can you just phone us up I'll tell you, this whole conversation this whole waste of my time going do you have a table for four on Friday yes I do but it depends on what time you want oh okay well let me you're just like seriously then, man it might be four you, or three I hate email hate email and then I hate the ones who DM you for tables annoying just book online get to our website well, this is, this save is where time. you need uh, AI technology isn't it a chatbot that can deal with your emails for you no way <laughs> I think, but I think what you need no. is, um, sorry to interrupt no. I think, I think um, you want all you definitely want all your channels to be integrated because yeah, it's definitely annoying from both sides for it to be just that kind of that table Google, of, Google that messages Google messages where customers can like, on your website like on mm. Google send you a message like you know, through oh, the uh, God. Maps, Google Maps you get yeah. messages oh now. just stop man like, you know what I mean? You'll bore the shit out of us with a thousand text messages. But can you just ring? I'll give you the answer in two seconds. No. 
But that, that is interesting, though. That I mean, yeah, like Olivia said, that the, the younger consumers are are more interested in that lack of interaction. They prefer the you know the app or the, or the email or, or whatever. So, are you not then? Uh, guys, it, we've got websites that you can book online. Do you know what I mean? For the people who are socially awkward, who don't want to go and talk to anybody, just want to sit there and eat their food, and then go home and write a shit review on Google because they had a bad time because no one talked to them. It's weird how we've changed it, isn't it? We've never now. You, you wouldn't mm. just ring people up now. You have to text them see if they're free for a chat. Whereas back in the day, you'd just ring someone up, wouldn't you? Well, that's because I just screen all your calls, James. James. I, like, I like ringing. I like ringing people. Once well, just them up. on. Oh, well, that well, just winds them up. Just ring them and prompt you. Just wind them up. Brilliant. People I think we strayed slightly off the topic here. But, okay. Uh, Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think the, the, my point was, if you are as as Jay, as Heath is is very much saying that, um, I get uh, it. We he, have to he, adapt. We have to adapt. You we have to move up with just old I know, customers. I know. And no I get young it. Blood I do in. have online bookings, Ed. Right. Okay. They can book via the website and cancel. We don't need fifteen thousand channels to book a table. <laughs> I've got a great idea for Heath here. I've go got a great idea. Anger management. Go, yeah. um, anger management. Yep. Yep. When you look at, because you've got your online bookings already, mm. you can link up with that live availability. You can link that to the actual, um, to the reserve, reserve with Google. Um, no, I, I, took, I, took, I took that off. It was, it, was a, it was a disaster. <laughs> I had to get them to stop doing oh, no. it. Because it was the way it was integrating with my, my computer system, my reservation system. It kept on messing up and putting people in the wrong, like, oh, we had a nightmare. And I just said, disable it and I'll deal with it later because it was just becoming a nightmare to manage and people you, you've got no idea how difficult my customers are and, and they leave notes anyone that listens to this podcast they, has a bit of an idea they leave notes and stuff and then you're just like I can't manage that note and then they put the wrong number in and then you're like oh my god you spend half your time trying to chase them and say hey Tracy you can't sit on table 6 tonight because there is no bloody table 6 brilliant so no I think is the answer uh, just no computer says no uh, from Heath um <laughs> I'm just conscious of the time. I mean, Olivia, what what should pubs be thinking of looking forward? What 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 are the things that that should be on the on on sort of top of mind or or on their radar as we move forward? Um, I think that um, we've done some. So we've done some really interesting research lately into what. Um, uh, for example, what teenagers are looking for when they go out, and I think that's and I think that's really. There's kind of a big watch out for pubs there because I think for a lot of teens, um, what they're looking for, they're not they're not looking for anything radically different from what they from what older generations looked for. They still want to have a real experience when they go out. They want to they want to talk to people. They want to um, they they want something different from what they can get at home. So I think um, what they're looking for is something that that pubs can provide absolutely brilliantly. You know that's that's exactly what pubs do. However, the problem is teenagers don't think. That pubs are relevant for them, you know. They they, they think it's they, they. We even had some comments and things like you know pubs are for old people, you know <laughs> that kind of that kind of thing. We've been to his pub, you know, <laughs> but but I think that that's um. I think we just need to be a bit. I think that it, I don't think that means you you want to like hit people with technology the minute they walk into your into your pub. But I but I think um it perhaps just means like you know thinking about how we communicate with the with with sort of. People that they do behave in slightly different ways. They do have. They are looking in different places to find ideas for where to go and what to do. And um, it's not that they're so radically different, but perhaps we need to. Perhaps if we're thinking about what's going to happen, what the big trends of the future are going to be, we need to kind of plug into that 
sort of that sort of you know into the minds of the of people who are teenagers right now and think about what they might. I want. thought they'd all just be sitting at home on the metaverse and interacting behind <laughs> behind some AI. You know what I mean? Well, if, if you continue to offer your pub the way you do it, then yes, they will because you're not innovating heap or doing anything different. So we're trying to attract young people. Yeah, I did. <laughs> It, I'm very fortunate right now, currently in this current position, I'm busy. So me trying to attract little Jeffrey, who's 18, who's, who's got a gluten allergy, because he's definitely going to have a gluten allergy. <laughs> yeah, great. He's just what I want. Do you have any gluten-free, low-calorie, alcohol-free beers? Oh, Is anyone called Jeffrey? Is anyone actually called I don't think Jeffrey? anyone born after uh, 1965 has oh, ever been called Jeffrey. But oh, Vin. Maybe in New Zealand. Zim. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it'll be something. It'll be some like, yeah. Uh, I named mean, after a star sign or something, uh, after a star constellation. I am slightly worried about his mental health at this moment in the, uh, the conversation. So I think we will have to leave it there. But Olivia, thank you very much for that. Thank you. I'm going to keep on chipping away. Technology. Indeed, yes. We'll we'll keep working on it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we are at the end of this episode. Um, So we've been talking about technology, we've been talking about all things digital, um, where pubs sit within that space, and I think generally from uh, Heath and James's point of view, um, you're not particularly that that fast, are you? No, we are. We look at it. It's, don't get us wrong, we'll sit there and I, you know, like I'm probably a bit, a bit negative about it all, but I do look at stuff and we do look at like which way it's going and what works and all that. And, you know, we're not, we're not Luddites, but we, we sort of know what's going on. So, because we're quite hands on. So, but do, you, but do you think we're missing a bit? I mean, yes, I, I get it. And I know that's, you know, you're working, like you said, you're busy, you don't necessarily need Yeah, we've got to stuff that. to do though. We, you know, we don't, we don't employ some 25 year old. You know, I say kid loosely, but like someone that's sitting there and manage out and post really shit Instagram posts all day to keep us relevant, and so people are looking at us. We don't we don't do that because we try and keep it real and authentic, and we don't and look for trends and look for yeah, what we know yeah, like, next. We look what listen, we look what everybody else does. You know, what I mean, we're gonna have a look what other people are doing and see what we can integrate and what works for us. And you know, we're constantly looking. But when but you look though, and, and this yeah. is interesting, where are you looking? Are you looking at other operators? I'm, I'm not really looking at pubs. I'm looking at right, more, okay. I'm looking at other op- yeah. you know whether that's restaurants. Yeah. yeah, I mean outside. Of the industry because that being cliche, street food all over the world, but really. it's everything. Yeah. You know, it's, no, but it is though, isn't oh, it? F- fuck street food. <laughs> but no, but um, you are looking at innovation, right? Yeah, but you're constantly is that, looking at a new brand. Yeah, well, because, because people do interesting stuff really quickly with a low overhead, right? So mm. you're looking at everything. Yeah, but you're just constantly, you know, you look, you know, reading. You, you just gotta, and we look what works. You know what I mean? We're, but the, our pubs, are we behind the curve? Do you think when it comes to? to I think we are. I think we, we are. Seen others steal a march in other areas and things like that. And yeah. uh, uh, do we do we run the risk? It's finding what works for your business, though. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's adapting the stuff that works for your business. It's so easy. We can just go and adapt all the stuff here, and it would just be, you know, probably look at restaurants. Every restaurant, everyone wants a new restaurant, a new, a new brand, a new thing that people can back and get excited about. We were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Whereas in pubs, we don't really have brands. The brands that we got and shout about really aren't that great. so I think, you know, you have to... I think it's like every industry. There's good, there's bad, there's indifferent. Mm. If you listen to all these guys talking about creating more traffic, blah, 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 that's great. But ultimately, if you're shit, they're not going to come back. Mm. So if you've got a great offer that people then recommend and they come and, they come and again and Word again, of mouth's so much more changing. Important. Word like, of mouth. I think yeah. the problem is it's in danger of sanitising everything. Mm. And I think you've got to use technology where you need it 
and not let it sanitise your business because back to the conversation we're having it's still about the human interaction mm. and seeing that you do stuff and you're, you know, your team are allowed to be personalities not robots I think it's a real danger we turn this into a you know oh, we could end up like that like yeah. soulless real soulless do you know what I mean yeah. it's finding a balance but we could end yeah. up business where there's no there's no laughter there's no banter there's nothing and it's just like okay and but equally it's just we, transactional we, we, then we've, we've, we've got a situation where as, as there's no staff earlier that there's you know younger consumers see the pub as you know that's where my parents go that's where my dad goes and I mean how do we how do we change that and is, is technology a part of that mix are we yeah, but, not yeah, but, hitting the right notes or? yeah but I don't think like if they see us like that us, us putting videos on Snapchat isn't going to change that. Dad dancing at a wedding, yeah. <laughs> totally that. You know what I mean? I don't know how you change that. Like, oh, no, pubs, but we say that like pubs have been around for two minutes. Do you know what I mean? There's a time when each pub... You think every generation has sat around a table like we're doing now, obviously, with different technology. No, probably now, not. Probably quite not. New. No, it's quite new. <laughs> and had this conversation now of... Oh, younger people aren't coming to the pub. I don't oh, think it's been drinks, as dad only drinks lager. Dad only drinks bitter. But pubs are decreasing, right? They are. We're where losing. We, listen, you give it give it a hundred years. Like you'll be surprised how many are left. You know, we're getting taxed to shit. Where like people are drinking less and all that. You know what I mean? But where do we end up? Where do we end up? But I mean, we're less of pubs, aren't we now? I mean, we're not, pubs. You have all different categories. Pubs are trying to do everything now. They're trying to have entertainment spaces, trying to do breakfasts and coffees and da da da. And it's, you can't say we haven't adapted in the pub trade because no, we have absolutely very not. much so. No, no, no. All we've done is adapt in well, spite of that is, pressure. That is that is the um, what's so great about the pub sector is that adaptability and that mm. willingness to evolve and change. But there's which a level. Is, which is why when it comes to technology, it's in interesting that we're we're a bit more sort of I've reserved got, I've got how we get young people to go to the pubs free we, drinks instead of military service we make them all work in hospitality what's the difference right for two years put them off work for no, you no two years okay. and then just see how much whatever population generally would treat people better who work in hospitality because I've been on the receiving end of the conversations or, or two maybe, years okay, national it. service in pubs, in pubs in hospitality give her an option a, a year in a pub yeah. or two years in the army <laughs> I reckon the army would be busy. <laughs> Put that with that nonsense. Depends which pub. Uh, this one, then, absolutely. It's, uh... But no, I don't think we could be accused of not evolving as an industry. No. But the problem is when the pressure's so great, and we saw this coming out of lockdown, where people had review, reviewed their life. Did they really want to be up taking deliveries at six in the morning and still listening to Jeffrey's bullshit at <laughs> half eleven? No. Yeah, that's um, the So they're coming out, and yeah. I think that's where we're seeing people coming out they've experienced something different rather than just being on that treadmill of I think, I think that's the thing though. they fall into it a lot of people fall into yeah. this trade they don't say oh just get a pub job it's easy and I think that's some of the things some of the things we've heard though uh, you know technology can make life a little bit easier you know, mm. and, you know if you integrate your channels so you've only yeah. got one point of contact with customers automation within that marketing thing mm-hmm. I mean these are things that I know it's uh, probably uh, stuff uh, we need to sit down and have a proper look at mm. we've just come out of two years of shit though so give us give us give us five minutes to catch our breath mm. And now we're dealing with, you know, increased uh, fat back. Everything. We're just getting slammed on all sides. So, you know, in an ideal world, we'd sit down and go, okay, how can we make our business better? But right now, we're all going, fucking hell, let us catch up. And then we're not getting any help from the government. You know what I mean? We're just basically, and we get to look out. Just dealing with margin erosion. Yeah, constantly. Do you know? Everyone's feeling it. And that's where efficiency comes in, doesn't it? If technology can make you no, more but efficient. That's, but, but, 
big deal, clear there's a difference between efficiency and sanitising it. You know, it's whether mm. you want to be the person that says, Alexa, play whatever, versus flicking through a bit of vinyl and putting something on you want. And it, it's horses for courses. And I think the problem is if we streamline everything, we'll end up with pubs in the boxes, which is what the big brands do, and they rip the hires of beautiful buildings with soulless shit offers. So I think that's being really that's the problem, though. But that's the problem. We're just ending up with these big companies running big, but big, big big pub goes and they just go okay we'll do that menu and we'll put it across all 50 of the pubs or 100 of the pubs 200 of the pubs and it's just like fucking hell you know again and I've said it to you before you know the, this MRO thing and the, these guys who champion this thing that's pushed for these MROs ruined the entrepreneurs coming into the industry who could have got pubs off the pub goes but now they're all scared to give pubs to operators so we're just ending up with bullshit operations well we, we are pretty much out of time for this week's episode we also haven't actually discussed uh, Heath's adventures in, uh, in oh, purchasing uh, lately which yeah. I think we should just finish with that because uh, I was I, okay so you, you went to a I want to know first firstly yeah. drunk or not drunk I was drunk <laughs> thank you I just I, needed to get a bit of colour it was That's in the right. it was in the afternoon and my mate took me to, a group of us went to an art gallery in Deal to say hi to his friend I, so effectively this is um, deal or no deal deal <laughs> <laughs> And I saw this thing on the wall, and my mate likes David Bowie, and it was a thing by, um, oh, God, who's the artist? Hockney. <laughs> so I saw it. Leonardo da Vinci. And I saw it, and I went, that looks really cool. So I said to the guy inside, I had a couple of drinks, and he says, uh, I said, how much is that? He goes, 45. And I went, bargain. I'll have one. Yep, yep. It wasn't 45. No, it wasn't 45. No, I missed some numbers. Uh, how, how much was it? Oh, I was only 400 and something. Only? Uh, only. Yeah. What were these pressures on prices? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, Christ <laughs> complaining. It was four, four That's one. almost as much as, a, as one of your pairs of jeans. It was a 415, but it was sort of like, you know, when you're at the point now, you're looking at the credit card machine, just thinking, shit, man. Okay. You, you, were, you were committed. I a bit bought, like the conversation I, earlier. You couldn't, you couldn't get out of that. Was, I, uh, I bought it. Yeah, right. I had to. Okay. And then, you know... I didn't. Then I met somebody else made me feel bad. I said, oh, "I'm giving it to my mate." He says, "You're not framing it." I said, "Fucking no. hell!" Like, another five hundred quid to frame it. Doesn't come with a frame. It doesn't come with a frame. No, it's wrong. Frame you. Comes with a frame. You pay for it. You paid four hundred and fifty pounds for a print. For, for a, a print. print. <laughs> for a poster. I'll tell you what. A day Effectively, an unframed yeah, poster. Signed. I'll tell you what. Athena's changed yeah, an awful it awful lot. Hasn't it? It? Yeah, it's got punched to a certain level of. We're always to raise our prices. Yeah, but look, it's to show you it. Uh, yeah, 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 we did. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, but you know, I, had to give, I gave yeah. it to my mate last night. I said, got you this. If you don't like it, I'll take it back and fucking sell it. <laughs> um, what did he say? Goes, oh, I really like it. What did he like say? Where's the frame? No, no he didn't say where's the frame. I said, I didn't, fr- I said, I didn't frame it because I didn't just in case. Because you. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's now, and it's now being carefully uh, stored, stroke hung in his attic. Oh, I think it's probably gone into the wardrobe somewhere. Oh, oh he, he's, he's coming around. Get that bloody, that, get that Athena poster out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you are aware that the uh, the tennis player scratching her ass is not that rare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite a cool. It's like it's cool, but like it, yeah. At forty five quid, it was a nice that would little gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 four hundred and fifteen, I think it was. I don't know where he missed. It. I don't know where he dropped that one in the conversation. I think he, he probably does this all day, yeah. and out, just see if he's embarrassed enough or not. Yeah, and he's just absolutely yeah. caning it in. Because only yeah, half the clever, idiots need to say yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's enough about your art adventures. Uh, that is the end of the podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with more stories and information about the pub trade. So until then, stay tuned, like, share, and subscribe. We'll be back soon.